0: key shift for me was deciding that success wasn't about becoming a you know famous or becoming well known or whatever that kind of warped idea of success is it was about being the best actor I could be and I basically decided okay I'm going to do work that I'm proud of I'm going to be able to look at myself in the mirror and be proud of what I'm doing if people see it great but they might not so I just kept plugging away it's two years since offspring so I haven't wanted to rush into something that I'd doesn't resonate with me and um, I felt really good about doing this because it's the kind of show I would watch it's written and created by writers that I love and have had very long um, working relationships with and I feel I hope that people will receive five bedrooms as as a show that's timely and fresh and of it's it's its own show welcome to the seize the yay podcast
1: I'm sure I'm not alone in having been touched by this woman's career at some point or another in one of the many stellar roles she has portrayed that have made her an Aussie household name. Kat Stewart is one of our most outstanding actresses, winning many accolades for her talents, including the coveted Logie Awards. But as you'll hear today, despite her immense gratitude for the recognition she has earned, she is the ultimate professional and passionately dedicated to the art form, both in TV and theatre, and I loved her attitude of just putting her head down and getting the job done well. Extremely down to earth and originally from Bensdale, where one side of my family is from in country Victoria, she was such a pleasure to chat to. And I loved her honesty, not only about the very fun and glamorous side, but also the very nitty gritty parts of forming an acting career. You may recognize her as Roberta Williams in Underbelly or Billy Proudman in Offspring, with many TV and theater roles in between. But what I'm so excited about is Kat's new show, Five Bedrooms on Channel 10. A comedy drama based on the disaster of buying property these days, it focuses on five different people who end up at the singles table at a wedding, get drunk and eventually buy a house together with each episode narrated by a different character. At the time of recording, it was just before the first episode of the show, but at the time of publishing right now, tonight is the first episode led by Kat's character, Liz. You'll hear more about it in this episode and should absolutely tune in tonight at 8.40 p.m. Kat, thank you so much for joining me. My oh, pleasure. I'm pleasure. so excited. I, having watched you for so many years, literally Kat just walked in the room and I was like, oh my
0: God, she's real.
1: <laughs> it's a real human. <laughs> wow. And even more beautiful in real life. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> Lies, but so nice. It's the beauty of podcasts. <laughs> yeah.
1: I've
0: got a great Facebook podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so the first segment of the podcast is called Way TA, which is pretty much the story right back from the very beginning of mm-hmm. how you got to where you are. And mm-hmm. I think that's where people who, you know, might be earlier on in their path or not sure what their path is get insights into sort of the fact that life is never linear, the journey Mm. always has lots of twists and turns. But before we get started, my first question is always, what's the most down-to-earth thing about you? And particularly when you're a household name, people have seen you win awards, have a, a incredibly stellar career as an Aussie icon and knowing a little bit of you know the behind the scenes
0: real relatable cat is yeah always very reassuring for the rest of us that you're a human so (laughs) I'm very human um (laughs) um, most down-to-earth thing about me I don't know. The first thing that pops into my head is as soon as I walk in the door, when I get home, the shoes come off and the Ugg boots <laughs> go on. Nice. Ugg boot is my shoe of choice. Oh, yep, nice. Yeah, within the, the, the four walls of home. Yeah.
1: Yep. <laughs> Only within the yeah. four walls, uh, not I, to the I, supermarket. No, I know
0: I'm prepared to draw the line there. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you draw um, it better yeah, than I do. <laughs> and um, I don't
0: know, um, I think I play down-to-earth people. Actually, well, th- this new show that we're talking about today is probably Probably the first exception in a long time. She's a lot less down-to-earth. But generally speaking, I've always played down-to-earth characters.
1: Yeah, I'm so, so intrigued to actually find out a bit more about how you do switch from personas and then where your own persona fits in. But just to start off, let's Mm. go right back to the very beginning. So pre the acting career, in fact, pre a career, so young, young cat. Mm -hmm. I have just found out that Kat is from Bensdale, which is where my dad's side of the family is from. Went to Nagel College, yes. which is a country town school. It's a very good school, but it's in Bensdale in Gippsland. So grew up in the country. Yes. Your dad was a solicitor yes. who quit his job to take you guys travelling at the age of... Yes,
0: when I was what, I eight and was. nine, so in yeah. the early 80s,
1: very progressive. Yes. Yep. I mean, so far ahead of his, his time. Yeah. And when
0: I went to school in London... For a while I got – we were doing correspondence but I got lonely. So, yeah, we, I had – my eyes were opened to a bigger world when I was about eight, nine and that was an amazing experience yeah, for a kid Yeah, what
1: gift. So what was Young Cat like? What were you like at school and, you know, um, did you always have your heart set on, you know, the arts, the performing no, arts? No, no. Look,
0: that's the thing. Growing up in a small town and with parents that kind of had regular jobs, my, my mum was kind of at home with us, my dad was a, a solicitor, as you mentioned. I didn't imagine in a million years that, that the arts – I didn't know anyone who did that, so it wasn't something I kind of thought of. Um, I think I was pretty uh, introverted, wow. not quite shy, but, you know, pretty low-key. I had the same best friend from kindergarten right through <laughs> to year eight when I, when I left Bensdale. So I had a really kind of solid, really gr- good group of friends, which I still have to this day. And so young me was, um, was kind of very well-behaved. Did things by the book, really? Mm. But um, was very Good country lucky. Country girl, yeah, <laughs> and, yes, and very lucky to kind of have a very stable family and happy family, and and a, a, it was a beautiful place to grow up in Bansdale. Mm. You know, everyone knew everyone. You kind of look out for each other. I know there are downsides of living in small country towns, but but it, I think. I didn't see any of that because I, I left when I was 14, so I only got the good side.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the things that can be eventually, you know, ultimately limiting towards the end, but if, you're, mm. if you've are if you had that beautiful, country, safe, mm. um, nurturing upbringing and then do get to move to Melbourne, you know, mm. for the schooling part where you sort of want to be at parties and meeting boys and, yeah, like, yeah, shopping, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. the best of both worlds. Yeah,
0: I mean, I left Banstow kicking and screaming. I didn't want to go. Oh, really? I, was, I pined for all my friends and I was yeah. miserable for a couple of years. But then, you know, I came to see that there were definite upsides about being in the city and I love being in the city <laughs>
1: yeah so even though you didn't necessarily think you'd be an actress uh, I read that your love of school drama started mm-hmm. around grade two that's right yes so it was definitely
0: there from the beginning yes Mrs McManus my grade two teacher oh my used to, us, um, to, to enact <laughs> stories and I, you know as I said I was quite you know quite low-key quite not quite shy but you know not not a performer yeah and um But when we do plays, when I did acting, something changed and all of a sudden I felt kind of right in my bones and uh, I loved it and um, I did riskier things and it kind of gave me permission to to be somebody else, which I still love.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. And then you uh, ended up doing, I think it was marketing and business at uni, is that
0: right? Yeah, uh, arts and marketing at Monash. Yes, yes that's yep. right. Yep. So I'm
1: a fellow Monash girl as ah, well. And wow. I actually read an article on you maybe a year ago. They pu- mm. published something in Monash Life and I they published something about me at the same time. Oh. So weird. Yeah. Um, and I'd been reading that you joined the Theatre Society at uni. Yes. So you'd come to Melbourne for school and then how did you choose to do that degree and what did you
0: think that that would end up? Well, um, like i said a career in the arts wasn't really and i knew i loved drama i was doing house drama at school in melbourne but i just didn't think that was an option as a career so i thought i knew i didn't want to do law or anything you know that world which is what my dad and family came from um i I thought business seemed kind of like a reasonable prospect and i thought well marketing seemed like the most creative kind of business Mm. So that's, but it was really just a process of elimination. It wasn't really a great plan, you yeah. say. Um, so that's how I came to be doing business, and I, I was interested in psychology. Yeah, I so read your major did Yeah, I majored in, psych. in psychology. Did a minor in cinema, so that kind of. Oh my god Yeah, yeah, so
1: interesting. I always think looking back at either what people did study or thought they'd study or were just, you know, inclined towards how they got there and how mm. they what they thought at that time that would end up in and if they ever had any idea that it would
0: turn out how it did. Never in a million <laughs> years. Yeah, yeah. And I, I got involved with Theatre Society while I was at Monash and quickly that became my passion. Like it was like... Um, The study was kind of like the backup, but what I was really driven and interested in was was the 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 playmaking, yeah.
1: That's so cool. And also really interesting that it started as more of a stage
0: acting, not necessarily TV. Yeah, no, no, and um, I mean, I couldn't get arrested on TV for ages. Like, I was doing a lot of – my career started off being really theater um, which I love. I still love, you know, doing still doing theatre. Yeah.
1: yeah. And so when you graduated, mm. your first job was in PR. Yes. And was that because you did think that you'd set yourself up, you know, in marketing
0: and and in public relations? Yeah. yeah. And well, it was just interesting. It was working as a publicist for Penguin Books. So it was a great. Yeah, I did great, write, did Yeah, yeah a great that. first job to get out of uni, and um, I had a ball doing that. Um, you know, in my early twenties, sort of setting up um, media tours for really interesting people you know people who write books so in all walks of life so I do books on you know cookbooks comedians great um, novelists it was it was fascinating so Mm. I I loved that time and at the same time I was secretly um (laughs) I was doing an acting course a three-year acting course at night
1: oh my gosh yeah so that's what I was going to ask yes did you know at that time that you wouldn't end up staying in that forever and you were sort of keeping acting alive as a side hustle
0: I was hoping that acting was a stage and uh, that I would grow out of it Oh, wow. Genuinely, because I I, I knew by then, I knew enough to know that it wasn't a very secure profession. And I also was, you know, I I, I liked the job I was doing. I enjoyed it. So I was, you know, what can you do? You love what you love.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And I think one of the big things that I try to, you know, encourage people through these stories is that once you do find something you love as impossible as it might seem and as you know not the smartest decision sometimes or not the securest decision that Mm. it might seem that you Mm. do push through and it is important of course to explore backups and to try other things and see whether or not you like it because you might end up finding another passion Mm, mm, but mm. it's interesting that acting was always alive in the background it was it was you couldn't let it go I couldn't let it go (laughs) actually
0: there came a point I remember when it was in second year of my my drama course I got this great role in this really famous play called angels in america and it was the role of this great role harper i remember it really clearly and um I, ha- I to to do those performances um i wasn't going to be able to attend the adelaide writers festival which was not negotiable so i actually had to make a choice between right. the two and so i remember going to my boss at the time and coming clean and saying guess what you didn't realize this but i'm i've been doing an acting course <laughs> and i know it sounds crazy and it sort of sounded <laughs> embarrassing actually i was embarrassed almost because it seems so mad um I- i'm going to have to resign because i need to do these performances oh my gosh um and i to look on her face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, you know,
0: and, you know, she was right. But here yeah, we are. Yeah.
1: So yeah. that's, was that at the National Theatre? Is that when you The were National, there? yes. Yeah. Yes, so
0: yes. I, this is so weird, I feel like we're the same person. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was a ballerina um, <gasps> with the Australian <gasps> Ballet, you? but I started at the National. Oh, and wow. I always knew there was a drama school attached to it. It was so cool. So I'm like, yeah. we probably spent a lot of time there in together the same, at the same in time. in the, yeah, the same building. <laughs> it's amazing. So was that when, you know, it's always interesting to find when people do decide to make the jump and that they're mm. going to make a go of something, it wasn't until it became mutually exclusive, right? I, yeah, no, just... I and was,
0: I was prepared to hedge my bets for as long as possible. Yeah. 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 And then I was able to get a job working for the, they uh, used to be called the AFI Awards. So it sort of felt like, yes. which was less hours and was, it worked well. And it was a short term contract, seven months or something. So I finished my course doing that and I was out. You know, people knew I was yeah. moonlighting them. <laughs>
1: so between that and the big break, what was in between? What uh, does it about take? About 10 years. Wow okay right so it's funny in all the reading material I often find with anyone on in any industry but particularly in TV or acting or things that are quite publicly seen to look like an overnight success. It, they skate over this whole decade oh, yeah. in between the really interesting bit at the beginning and then how you actually made it into you know big big roles that were an, a Logie award-winning actress. So what did it take to get yourself in front of the right people? Was it a lot of networking? Was it finding agents? Was it just auditioning for everything? It was.
0: Um, I had a really interesting journey. It was very challenging. So I got a couple of jobs straight off, and I thought, "This is fantastic. This is the way it's going to be. I'm going to build, 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 build." I got a good agent. Off we had like an agent's day, and so I was like, "Okay, I'm on my way." Yeah. The agency shut down after about twelve months. Oh my god! Um, and yeah. and so did the jobs. Like I was being sent for things, but I. No, it was a really good course that I did but but it was a theatre-based course so yes. I didn't have a lot of experience in the audition. They've changed the course and, the, you know, I'm sure they're much better prepared now but I wasn't really prepared for the auditioning process or for, you know, screen acting which is very different to theatre acting and I just – I think I just – I wasn't very good at it, you know. <laughs> it, took, it took a while to get the hang of what it was yeah. to, to audition well and I basically – I found it really hard. For a couple of years I really – was basically supporting myself with contract. Fortunately, I had a skill. I was able to work as a publicist. Um, and oh, I was so just you kept that going. I kept that going. Yep. I did contract work and bits and pieces um, and freelanced. But um, the acting wasn't, wasn't... I was auditioning, but I, was, I wasn't getting the jobs. And I, I found that really challenging. Um, and, and to call yourself an actor when you're not working or call yourself an artist of any kind when mm. you're not working. And it's that classic thing where you're an actor. So what would I know you from? <laughs> and it's like, well, clearly nothing. You know, I'm not, yes. it's early, you know, and it's, it's, it's really, um, it's hard. Those early years are really, really challenging. Um, and I made a decision, it took me a while to come to it, that I had to kind of modify my idea of what success was because yes. the truth of it was, and, and statistically, the likelihood was that it was never going to happen because 90% of actors don't work at yeah. any given time. We have like a, I think it's like a 5 or 4% employment rate for <gasps> acting. It's really bad. Wow, yeah, it's quite sobering. So I kind of I, the, my saving grace was that I got involved in Red Stitch Actors Theatre, which uh, is yeah. um, a fabulous theater company set up by twelve actors, really good actors, about 200 people auditioned for it, really great actors that basically said, well, we're going to create our own work. we're not going to wait for the phone to ring. We're not getting work, we're going to do it. and we put on some really exciting work, but that for me meant that I was doing you know six plays a year working all the time, building something. Then I, could, I started to call myself an actor and I started to get better because I was exercising those muscles all the time. But I think the key, coming back to the point, the key shift for me was deciding that success wasn't about becoming a, you know, famous or becoming well-known or whatever that kind of warped idea of success is. It was about being the best actor I could be. And I basically decided, OK, I'm going to do work that I'm proud of, I'm going to be able to look at myself in the mirror and be proud of what I'm doing. If people see it, great, but they might not. So I just kept plugging away. Mm. Um, and then eventually it happened, but it might not have. And yeah. I've got – there are many, many, many actors out there who are as good as or better than me who haven't had recognition. And mm. that's – A really tough reality it's of the industry. industry. It's the truth of it. You know, I, I it, it sort of – I got lucky eventually. But it took a while, can <laughs> yeah. I tell you? It took a while. It took a while
1: creating that luck yeah. that would but eventually I, come I to you. I've got to say, when I let go of
0: that idea of, you know, what is it to be a successful actor, when I'm just doing the work and not getting swept up in the, the, the bullshit, yeah. just getting on with the work. Just stripping it back. and Just doing the best version of this play I could, creating this character with the most integrity I could, um, challenging myself the best that I could, mm. um, that that stuff fell away.
1: It's so interesting. That is one of the things I like to talk about a lot on the podcast is how society defines success, mm. how each individual then defines success, how that measures up, how you feel when you don't align and how mm. your fulfillment and happiness as a totally separate matter is really directly impacted by how you define what you think successful is. And if you
0: change that, it can change everything. Yeah. And I mean, it's harder now too, because I mean, this is in the you know, early 2000s when I was sort of out and, you know, doing it hard sometimes, not hard, just, you know, struggling with unemployment and Mm. and what what success meant and was I doing the right thing with my life. But it's harder now because of, you know, social media has changed everything because we're all kind of presenting the best versions of ourselves. And we're editorialising our lives so much. Absolutely. Um, so I, it's it's probably harder now than ever, I think.
1: And the comparison as well. I yes. think before that you didn't really necessarily know what everyone else mm. was doing. So mm. you could just put your head down, mm. concentrate on your own stuff, whereas mm. now it's so visible that blah has this role and
0: blah's yeah. doing this. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And I think we used to be a lot more um, delicate about our Australian in sort of saying, oh, look, I'm doing this job. Who knows how it'll go? Yeah, and you to turn yeah. it down you've been sensitive to the fact that your mate isn't working. Yeah, But now totally. it's like, hey, you scored a new role and blah, 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 blah. So, it's a, <laughs> so we're always blowing around trumpets now. It's yeah. very different. Yeah. Which is lovely
1: in a way, but, yeah, it's yeah. also, I can imagine, yeah. quite challenging. Yeah. <laughs> so did you at the time want to focus, were you looking to move into screen in a more permanent role, or was it just that it came up and you sort of thought, I was "I'll just, give it a go." I was looking to work. Yeah, and I think, I <laughs> That's think um, you just
0: audition for what's on. The, there's no grand plan. You yep. just audition for what's in front of you. And it, I do, I do think though. I and mean, of course, as time goes by, you, you're able to become a bit more selective about the work you do. Like yeah. I'm not, but early on, you just you want to be seen. So you just you, take what and what's you, there. And, yeah, and you. The, the thing I started to realize for you know, any actors that might be listening, or probably. This, this case in a lot of disciplines, is that I, I would go for auditions knowing I wasn't the right person. Yeah. But it's an opportunity to build a brand. So you go in and you you do the most interesting version of that inappropriate character that you can possibly do <laughs> yeah. so that they go, okay, clearly what was I thinking getting her in here but that's interesting. For another role. remember her for, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So – How do you prepare once you get given a brief? So what I originally saw you in was as Roberta Williams in Underbelly, which was such, such an incredible show. I'd read all the books. You know, Uh... I'd been really fascinated in the story beforehand. I don't know why. I think I'd read the book knowing that the TV show was coming out. Mm -hmm. Anyway, had followed it quite closely um, and was just so fascinated by – everyone's ability to get into character without being able to actually sit down with these people necessarily and Mm. and study them Mm. but also portray something that had been in the media that had been you know so heavily looked at by Mm. by the population and then have that weight on your shoulders of you know creating those roles and then portraying it in in such a way how do you sit once you get a role like that how do you what's your process for kind of getting into character, creating that character, and warming into it.
0: Well, actually, it sort of hugs back to what we were just talking about, weirdly. It's that idea of, you know, not caring about, not letting whether this is gonna go down well or not affect your choices. So I'd come from years just, you know, doing recurring roles on things and guest spots and stuff, but essentially having a theatre career. Um, And so I had nothing to lose. Yeah, It wasn't a pretty role. Yeah. quite the opposite and um, <laughs> which is another interesting thing I thought how do you prepare yourself for that well I, I, I didn't know any better so yeah. I just I just went in and I just um threw myself at it it was such a great opportunity and the writing was electric and I, I didn't know how big the role was going to be even because they were so secretive about the scripts and stuff oh. so she just kept turning up it was fantastic I loved <laughs> I loved the role but um I just concentrated on the job and I didn't get I, and I didn't know I was going to be successful so I just threw myself into the role and treated it like a theatre role. Do you do and, um, a lot of
1: research and like watch
0: videos of
1: her, like footage of her, well, or wasn't how do you? As
0: much, I mean, she's super famous now, but um, she wasn't um, as visible back then. Yeah. So, um, but I, I was lucky I was able to, we spent a lot of time with the Piranha police. Right. And a lot of those guys That's had so been privy to a lot of, you know, surveillance as well as face to face contact. Um, and I had access to court documents, so I was able to read a lot about her diabolically awful childhood yeah so it of was a real key for me as well and in terms of just trying to get some understanding about where she was coming from but then you know I didn't have access to her so it was a leap of a work of imagination yeah with, with the writers and the directors and stuff but such a rich fabulous role yeah and just you know with a role like that you think is this too much And you think, <laughs> well, hang on actually it's not <laughs> yes <laughs> I, am I, I too know extra I, I know it's I know it's not because you know I've I've heard this recording, I've seen this, you know, footage or, you know, so she's just such a marvellously rich character to play.
1: Did you ever worry about her seeing it
0: or any of her family members seeing yeah, it? No, oh, look, I was – I still actually – someone asked me about this today, you know, do you, are you still following what's happening? And I absolutely am. Um, I became so invested in her and her welfare. Um, I, I wanted wow. – I still – I want her to be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really do. And, um, I, of course, I cared about what she thought. Um but i understood that it would be very strange for her and it was it wasn't a documentary it was yeah, you know a TV, um, show. a tv show so i'm not surprised she wasn't a fan i think she's mellowed a little bit in the intervening years but i can imagine it would be incredibly confronting for her and also in the years since you know she's had such tragedy in her life
1: mm.
0: so i have a lot of empathy for
1: her yeah yeah and it would be so different i think playing a role of a person who exists yes. compared to you know a fictional role that yes. you have no one to tell you that that's
0: not well, what ma- they're like or yeah <laughs> it's a massive responsibility and we all felt it too because it was it was a, a lot of us you know we were shooting in melbourne and it wasn't just this is good for a laugh it was you know, people have lost people's lives yeah yeah dads and sons and brothers and you know
1: did you find that generally hard? Just generally, as an actress, do you find sometimes it difficult to separate who you are from the role that you're playing in the time?
0: No, and I think, I mean, look, I think my fashion sense gets a bit blurred. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. A weird thing. Yeah, I, I can't find it. At the end of a shoot. I'll go. Oh, that! God, I have to have that shirt. That shirt, I have to have it. Yeah. Can I buy that? I'm just whatever? taking this home. <laughs> no, oh, no, no. Oh, <laughs> Very rarely do you get given things in Australia. It may be different in the States. So I don't know. But, um, but then I'll get it home and want to – what was I thinking? That's not me. That's the character. I'd never wear that in a million years. So that I blur in that way. Yeah. But, um, no, I think if you've got um, a sense of – like, I, you know, I'm a grown-up. It's. Like, I think it might be different if you're getting into this as a 16-year-old. Yeah, totally. But, you know, I've got a family and stuff, so no, no, I can, I can certainly leave it. I mean, you might be tired from the day's shoot, or but you don't come home you, in character. Or I, God, how terrifying is <laughs> with my family.
1: Well, I always <laughs> wonder that, you know, because it does your portrayal of her character was so deep and rich that I would just, just in my own mind, I think how hard that would be to switch that off. And even when I hang around with friends, I bring home half their mannerisms. I'm yeah, like, yeah, imagine yeah. if I did that within my own well, body well, as a character. While, while I was
0: doing it, she it was such a the character was such that she kind of made me braver because I couldn't yeah. I remember sort of making this contract with myself that she was so gutsy I, I couldn't had to jerk. be. I had yeah. to be gutsy too. So um, I remember I'd had a big night, I've told this story before, but I remember having a big night while I was shooting that for someone's birthday and um, deciding to get the classic, you know, hungry jacks <laughs> at you know, one in the morning whatever <laughs> it was. And I decided I wanted a Sunday and I asked for extra topping. And some smarty pants behind me said, ooh, she wants extra topping. And I remember just turning around. I said, yeah, you got a problem with that, mate? Oh, and just doing, giving him the Roberta. And it just came out of me and whoops. And he didn't say anything. And I didn't say anything. It was just like, wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so she I, pops out. She,
0: she, but that was a long time ago. And occasionally in... <laughs> bad traffic but yeah apart from that I've got her you've got control. triggers
1: yeah. <laughs> so how did that feel you know going from struggling or you know not feeling like you were you particularly had a name to becoming a household name becoming I- infinitely recognizable and also then the recognition that started streaming in like the AFI awards you I were mean, nominated for two Logies and then one one for most
0: outstanding actress what was that transition um, like well that's the thing like when you're not concentrating on that, if that's not your key performance indicator, if it's actually the, I'm being, but it's true. Yeah, if, if I mean honestly, that's not is how you're policy. rating. Of course, that's lovely. Don't get me wrong. I loved getting that recognition. It was lovely that it was so well received, and it's lovely that other things I've done have been, you know, well received. But you just can't afford to get caught up in that because mm-hmm. you take the, your eye off the ball. Mm-hmm. You've got to make sure the work's good. Also, it, it wasn't. If you're talking about Underbelly, when I first kind of got a bit of notice. Um, that wasn't screened in Melbourne, so I know that... The, That's right, yeah, the, the court was, case was yeah, on, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was banned. Right, I so forgot it, that. So I know it was a pretty intense experience for the Sydney cast. Those guys were doing nightclub appearances and having a lovely time. But I, <laughs> I, 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 was, up. I was doing, you know, a few days a week on Sean McAlef's Newstopia on yeah. SBS and just pottering around. You know, yeah. No one had seen it. So I didn't... Feel that. My bad. life didn't change in a heartbeat, but also I was... You know, just keeping my own whatever else I was working on at the time.
1: And then, how did that transition from that to then Offspring? Completely different context, which well, again went for seven years of another incredible chapter of your career.
0: Yeah, that was the, well, that was the gift they kept giving. But you don't know when you start. Yeah. We did a pilot, and you think
1: well, <laughs> could go well. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and each
0: after each series, you go, oh, well, gee, we had a good run. That was good, and you kind of make come to terms with the fact that that's it because yeah. you need to. Yeah. And then, you know, a few months later, you get the phone call saying, "Been green lit again, and that's fantastic. So, but it, it, it happens so gradually. Um, and in the meantime, I'd done Tangle for Foxtel. We did three series of that, and that was an amazing experience. I don't know. There's it's just so, so just, much in between, it, isn't there, that no it, one yeah, really yeah, knows? Yeah, we do lots of things in between. And you, honestly, it's just one day at a time. Yeah. It's only when I talk on days like this yeah. you go, oh, well, gee. Okay, that was pretty good, wasn't it? I don't, I'm just pottering along, doing my thing. But I think that's
1: amazing. You make it so relatable that you're like, it's a job. I mean, it's no, it super, is. super glamorous on the outside, oh, but I'm just working. No, I'm just no. doing my thing. Honestly, and it's
0: if anyone's, you know, if if, you, if anyone ever comes to a film set, you'll see that um, we're in caravans. <laughs> like it's, there is nothing less glamorous. Glamorous. Um, we're in caravans. We're up at you know sometimes four thirty in the morning. Coffee's pretty good now, actually. The, the, oh, that's the coffee great! Coffee game then. now. They always have someone decent making coffee, but um, it's you know it's rough and ready, and the days are long, and you spend a lot of time in dressing gowns and you know just polo fleeces, just hanging around right. waiting to go on, and it's not the least bit glamorous.
1: I love that stuff. Tell us more about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did you think that? Do you
1: guys have any idea that offspring would go for seven years? No. And how do you make space for being a character for seven years and and evolving with her?
0: I it was such a privilege to a work on that show, which which uh, you know it evolved. It, it, oh my God, I I caught an early episode of something, uh, something from the first series, and it, it changed so like it evolved and and it didn't necessarily know what it was straight away, but it, we kind of it was it was fresh, you know. Yeah. Um, it had explosions and stuff in the first couple of episodes. It was something else yeah (laughs) um but but uh it it had an energy about it and um and it had such a beautiful cast and such good writers it was just such a great ride to go on and i loved the character from very early on she's pretty spiky to start with but we kind of by about episode five i thought okay i'm starting to get what this (laughs) is and I, i just i loved every minute of it and you know every i never took it for granted every um recommission was a thrill so you don't know until like the very end of a season, do you, if it's going to be renewed for the next? No, week? they wait to see. I mean, it, I think it varies, but we wouldn't know until it had been on air. Wow! So it's quite a waiting game. So you you might be op- option, you might be optioned for three series, but yeah. it's their option, not ours. We're waiting to hear. Right. This is yeah. all the
1: behind the scenes stuff that mm. no one knows. We, you literally just turn on your TV and you go, oh my gosh, Kat Stewart, like seven seasons of this, amazing. She would have known and felt really secure and like no, chill about that whole no, thing. No, <laughs> no,
0: you never feel secure as
1: an actor. That's yeah. one thing. I oh, can guarantee <laughs> And so when that finished, you mm. had again had some incredible recognition in actor awards and actor as in AACTA, not a-C-T-O-R <laughs> um, and more nominations for the Logies, and you've mentioned that obviously that's not necessarily what you were aiming for and that oh, you are I mean, very grateful but, yeah, but yeah, yeah yeah how did that feel then to know I mean in your in your world you're probably just you just doing your job but on the outside people starting to recognize you all the time you know and knowing you for roles and and do
0: you watch the episodes like I do I how do does watch... that all feel yeah no I get really <laughs> excited and I, I don't I don't, so I don't, I don't think, I can't imagine getting jaded about that stuff because I, it's killing me. I can't watch the premiere tonight because I'm going to be at the theatre. Um, I'm doing oh my a gosh. play I can't watch. I have seen the first episode, so that's something. But I like watching it live. Yeah. When the nation's watching yeah, with you, yeah, I like to, you know, it's kind of <laughs> I want to be part of that. Yeah, so I find that incredibly exciting, and I, I kind of, I like to see how people feel about it. You know, I'll have a look at what what social media is saying, whether it's going down well or not. Hopefully, well. Yeah, I was um, also going to say, yeah. do
1: you sometimes not want to look and just wait it out and see?
0: no I'm hopeless. Yeah, <laughs> I, wish, I wish I didn't care, that I do. Yeah, is, I is do.
1: it is it weird being famous? Like, do you feel it? Do I don't feel, feel famous. famous. I don't.
0: And the thing is. I mean, you've, you've probably got a sense the fact that I don't go around with a cloak asking people to notice me. You know, <laughs> yeah, sunglasses. Yeah, totally. I just potter around, and yeah. so I think. Um, and I live in Melbourne. It's a very low-key city. Yeah. So sometimes someone will go, "Oh, hello," and "Hello," you know. We might have a chat, but it's not. You know, I'm not like, I'm not like proper famous. Just, well, yeah, we think you, you, you know. Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. You know, it's not, yeah. it's, just go about. What you, know, <laughs> well, you know, do, yeah, you just yeah, do your yeah, life. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that brings us to the new show, which is yes. airing tonight. Yes. So at the time of recording, it is airing literally tonight. So mm. how do you feel? How do you feel on that day knowing you've You've done the work for this episode. You've watched it now, yes, yes. but have you
0: usually watched it before it airs the first time? It's nice to have. Um, yes. No, I usually have got, had the opportunity to watch it. There's usually sort of a cast crew screening or something. Um, you know, it's. It's look. Is there apprehension I, before something I comes just, out? I love it, and I'm. I, you know, I know we're kind of obligated to say that. I'm looking over at <laughs> the lovely <laughs> <The> publicist <laughs> public <system>. public <laughs> in the corner. We are obligated to say that, but I really do, and I. I only want to look it's an imperfect world but ideally you work on stuff that resonates with you Mm -hmm. and I've kind of um it's two years since Offspring so I haven't wanted to rush into something that I doesn't resonate with me and um I felt really good about doing this because it's the kind of show I would watch it's written and created by writers that I love and have had very long Um, working relationships with yeah some of them are from offspring yes we are so the (laughs) the two creators um, long-term offspring writers Mm -hmm. and very very clever michael lucas and christine bartlett um they created this this is their baby um with the very clever people at hoodlum and um i i just think it's look we're very sophisticated audience now Mm. we all watch uh a ton of Netflix and international content. We can't just give people sausages and <laughs> say, "Look, there we are. Tick yeah. that box. We've done some Australian content." We need to make sure it's um, fresh and original. Um, and I feel, I hope, that people will receive Five Bedrooms as as a show that's timely and fresh and of it's its its own show. And, I mean, I, obviously there are comparisons with Offspring because I was in Offspring and because the writers yeah. were... But, but I'd I, I like to think that it stands up on its own two feet. It's its own show. And um, I'm really proud of it. And I, I think the performances in it are sublime. It's got Stephen Peacock, um, Hugh Sheridan, Katie Robertson, um, Roy Joseph, Doris the beautiful Kate Jenkinson, beautiful actors and it's a true ensemble show i'm I'm not the star of it we take turns to narrate each episode and it's really beautifully weighted in that way and it's it's smart and it's kind of what it does share with offspring i guess is that generosity Mm. it's dealing with people's flaws Mm. but at, at its heart it's inclusive and generous which i love
1: yeah, I've seen a couple of the trailers and it looks like such a fun show. Mm, yeah, it is. <laughs> and, and full of emotion and just heart, relatability yeah. and heart. Mm. So tell us about the concept. It's called Five Bedrooms. Yes. Tell us what can we can expect. It's, it's a well, comedy drama. Yes, yeah,
0: so the basic setup is we've got five people, different, you know, in their 20s through to their 40s, um, different kind of backgrounds, walks of life. These five people find themselves on the singles table, you know, near the speakers <laughs> at the end of the back of the hall at a wedding. And this that is the and, Indian wedding. Was it an Indian, yeah, uh, Indian it's, wedding? Yeah, like, yeah, like it's um, – yeah, it is an Indian kind of Anglo yeah. you know, mix, <laughs> inter- interesting mix of, of people. And these guys, um, some of them know each other a bit but not that, not that well – and they get really drunk, as you do. Yeah. in a desperate kind of wedding situation, <laughs> you just want the night to get through the night. Yeah. And they're, they're bemoaning the fact that they can't afford real estate on their own. How hard it is to get into the market as a single person, and they get drunker and they decide to buy a house together, and they actually do. They oh get the first gosh. house they've been on. So, um, so that, that's that's the setup, and I, I, it's really interesting to see these people that wouldn't necessarily have dinner together do this. You know, it's such a, a social together. experiment. It is, but it's also it was inspired by. Um, An article that the writers read, you know, this is something that's, you know, a viable kind of um, option, I think.
1: It was a very topical issue. I read another article that has since tied that whole theme back to the release of the show, Mm. which was just saying that it's almost an actual
0: commentary on the state of the property market right now, (laughs) that none of
1: us can afford to buy houses by ourselves.
0: It's so, like, my parents bought their first house for $10,000 fully furnished. Can you believe it? It's crazy. It's nuts, yeah. It's crazy. it's, It's so hard now.
1: And so your character is Liz. Yes. Bankrupt, divorced.
0: Yes. Going through Spoiler a tough religion. time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, that's all on there. Um, yeah, so look, she's, um, she's a very successful lawyer and she's um, she's got a lot of status anxiety. You know, she's she's yeah. always owned a lot of property. She's been very successful, high-flying marriage, you know, very glossy. All and ticks all the boxes. Tick- and he, she's always done everything by the book. And she, she's earned that, you know. Yeah. she's She's... And it seems so unfair that now she's divorced and her, finan- her finances are all tied up in this disastrous divorce mm-hmm. and she can only afford to get into the market again this way. Yeah. And she's living with her best friend and a whole lot of people she doesn't know. Um, so that's her situation. And, um, yeah, I, what I, look, she's a lot... She's very different to characters I've played. I've tended to play characters that are a little bit unhinged or a little bit um, unguarded. (laughs) Slightly like her. Or, or, you know, lacking in filters. But she's very much, she's got a lot of armour up. And, um, you know, what I love, she's kind of a bit of a slow burn and probably a bit of a challenge. There are many lovable characters in this show. She's probably not so lovable initially at least, but I love her complexity. Mm. I think she's really, um, she's worth sticking with, I find. Um, And she's very fragile. She's got a whole lot going on under the surface that Mm. we learn about as the show progresses and she makes a lot more sense as we go.
1: Even one of the trailers that I saw, uh, I think one of the really powerful things about the character is that she does come across as very together and powerful and used to having her shit together. Mm. But really is forced through this whole situation to be vulnerable which mm. is I think a very hot topic in society of people having this exterior that's really together yeah. and being like total clusterfuck under the surface mm. and showing that vulnerability to strangers and it being received in such a loving nurturing way is almost giving you know the audience permission to just be a bit vulnerable like everyone's yeah. Yeah. got a soft, I think you're right. messy spot inside.
0: Yes, and I think you're right. It's what we touched on earlier about, you know, how we, we, we put our best face forward, especially, you mm. know, socials and everything else. And, yeah, everyone has their burden to bear. Mm. Everyone has a story. And, yeah, these characters surprise each other and, and, yeah. and take each other out way out of their comfort zones yeah. and um it's a fantastic alchemy to see what happens to them
1: yeah i'm so far just from watching that i was like what happened yes yes it's well, such a fascinating it, premise to yeah, sort of it is. a melting pot of different people at different stages in their life and mm. all and we're all curious to see what yeah. would happen if we did that yes yes and all <laughs> i
0: must say a credit to the writers they're the characters are not cookie cutter we're not dealing with yeah. you know um archetypes we're dealing with full-blooded interesting characters and each yeah. week you know you, you sort of taken through a different character's sort of perspective and so that's yeah. a great way in.
1: Yeah so at the time of recording the first episode is airing tonight but at the time of release it will be just before episode four ah, which is when Liz's, Liz's, Liz's yeah it's Liz's yes. first episode of narrating so it'll yes. be really really interesting to see how that one goes down. Mm-hmm. So I also have uh, a question I've wanted to ask an actress or an actor for so long, Ooh. and I wonder if it's a trade secret, so no pressure to reveal the no answer. Way. But one of the scenes in uh, the the bit that does show Liz being quite vulnerable in, um, in the trailer mm. is... You breaking down into tears, just it all washing over you like it's just getting a bit much. I'm just, how am I here? I'm divorced. I'm bankrupt. I'm sitting on the couch. And I'm always, always like, how do you make yourself cry on cue? How do you do that? Um, (laughs) Because I cannot and I just don't know. I can't imagine a world where I would be able to do it
0: without just... Yeah. I look at <laughs> totally making a mess of kids it. Kids can do it like that. Yes. I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, my kids just straight to tears. I want Vegemite, not honey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like how straight do you away. turn it on um, and then turn I, it off? I, I don't, I mean, if we're just talking, if you said cat cry now, cry now. You no, couldn't, yeah. No, I have to um, put myself in the given circumstances. So some people have tricks, you know, they might go to back to a painful memory or yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. I don't do that. Um, I'm very much, I just believe what's happening. Yeah, okay. And and sometimes that... And it's an emotional moment Yeah, and, and sometimes... Her. But I, I think it's... I, I hate it when a script says she breaks down crying. It's just like, oh. <laughs> it becomes a thing you have to do. Yeah. But actually, if, there's, if the situation is strong enough, that will probably happen. But the main thing is to tell the truth of the scene, not to get to tears. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. Um, but I, I find that I'm quite... I'm quite emotional. It doesn't take much to get <laughs> Ads can make me cry. Yeah. yeah the right time of the month, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. A, Let's film stretch. this episode on that day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just, I've always wondered, I'm like, do they put drops in your eyes? You and can then... do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that happens? Yeah, totally. So, um... So sometimes you might have a, like a really emotional scene and yeah. so you'll you, you cry for the close-up but then, you know, you need to get to the, the long shot and you need to look and teary. you can't or, see. Or maybe yeah. you're just not feeling like crying that day. That can happen too. So um, they have these things called tear sticks. It's like menthol and they can blow it into your eye. Oh. Oh my gosh! Yeah, okay. so there are cheats. Yes, okay. Things you can do.
1: Yeah, because yeah. I was like, surely not every actor and actress ever can just turn it on,
0: like yeah, yeah. at
1: the drop of a hat, and also like waterworks turn yeah. it on. Like and so- and sometimes you know you might
0: be shooting that scene for a day and a half. Yeah, you would die if you were. You know, no. So sometimes you need a bit of help.
1: And do you ever forget? Like, is part of the experience that you are able to kind of block out all the cameras and stuff that are around you? Because I always think, particularly with things like sex scenes or mm. really intense emotional scenes, where I would be infinitely aware that there's, like, 20 people in the room and I'm not just in this intimate moment. I'd be like, whoa, mm. that's someone over there that I work with. <laughs> um, do you just become oblivious to that as you're getting into the scene? Did or you get, um, or you just learn to work with it?
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's a hard one to kind of articulate because I remember when I first started working on film and TV, I found um, the, the experience of acting in front of a crew and the fact that they touch you right before take, you know, do dress yeah. and you know, fix your hair and... And touch your top and stuff, um, and do your makeup, and then they'd say action and be like, oh. <laughs> but I, I'm still
1: cat getting my, my makeup still, done. <laughs> still,
0: well, um, so that took me a little while to get used to. But actually, you, you become very close to the crew. Yeah. And they become like your little, um, or your partners you're making it together Mm. and they're also your kind of your audience as well as your collaborators. Yeah. So um, I've been very lucky to work with, I mean, Australian crews are pretty fabulous. Yeah. So they kind of become your, I don't know, it's like a dance you do together. Yeah. And you kind of, you work out who's got a sense of humour on the crew and stuff and you kind of, you know, (laughs) sort of see how it's going based on certain people, um, as well as the director, of course. And so, no, that becomes kind of part of it. And even the last-minute checks I now enjoy because that's part of the getting ready to the do a take it kind of it's, it's like your ready set go moment. Yeah. Uh, and with theatre, I don't like it when I can see when it's lit in a way that I can see the audience. The faces. I like it to be yeah. Kind of a mess. But I don't know. The audience become your friends. Yeah. Because well, I- you're doing it for them. God. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's fascinating. I'm mm. um, so
0: – I've, like, literally always wanted to ask those yeah. two
1: questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with the stage acting, which you were doing yes. at the same time, you've got a new show coming up mm. and have been, what, more than ten years with the Red Stitch I Theatre now. I did ten now. years with
0: them and I have not done a play there for a, mm, quite a few years now, but I've, I have been doing – every couple of years I try and do a play to keep my hand in because I, I love it and it's harder with kids. Yeah, I can um, imagine. I stopped doing as much theatre when I had my son seven years ago, but um, – So I haven't done a play in two years. This is my first play in two years. Wow. Um, But I I love it. Is it easy for you to switch between the disciplines? It's different muscles. Yes, Definitely different muscles. But um, no, the the basic principles are the same. It's, you know, you want to work on great scripts and you want to play interesting characters Mm -hmm. and you want to work with great people. So all the basics apply. But, yeah, they are different muscles. And it's a different kind of physical um, experience, you know, working at night and um, sort of doing a show as a, in, in, um, in sequence as opposed to bits yeah. and bobs, you know. Yeah,
1: that would be so jarring being yeah. like we're shooting this that's after
0: the yeah, thing yeah, that yeah. you're doing, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's kind of just a different kind of – there's just different muscles but, the, yeah, the, the essentials are the, the same.
1: And what about film? I think you've
0: dabbled in a couple of films mm. would you
1: ever like is that also completely different to tv in no, episodes you know, or it is it feels, very similar
0: look i haven't i've done supporting roles in film i've never done a lead role in film i and mean, I'd, I'd love to um look they're not that different you get a mm. bit more time but in australian films they're often so low budget it's very similar to shooting tv Yeah. <laughs> but also like tv used to be the poor second cousin and it's just not now mm. like tv is really where it's at so um, It's consumed so yeah, regularly. Yeah, I, I, I don't see them as so, so different really. Yeah. Yeah. And have you ever set
1: your sight on different markets? Would you ever go to, you know, your I'll Hollywood look, or your... I, look,
0: I'd love to work overseas, but um, not at the cost of my kids or my lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I, I mean, I'm just not interested in going over and leaving my family behind and mm. c- couch, couch surfing in my 40s. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> Sounds like kind of hell. Which so, is um, kind of like a, you know, path, a right path that you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> Initiation yeah, into Hollywood. No, I, I just, no, I, I can no. And look, I, I think about the overseas markets when I'm not working here. You know, things are a bit quiet here. I think, oh, gee, maybe I should. But my preference is to work here, so I'm so happy. So if I'm doing interesting work I'm excited about, I'm more than happy to keep plugging away here. And, of course, if I got asked to do something over there, of course I'd do it, but I'm, I just... I'm, it's I'm not, not an active I'm not going to slept with a young family. It just doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm sure you have more than enough things no. on your plate without adding that oh, <laughs> as
0: well. Yeah, I know. So, well it's, yeah, it's a year-to-year proposition, but at the moment I'm so happy where <laughs> I am. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so moving on to the next segment, uh, this is NETA, which is all the things that get in the way of your joy along the way, just ah. the challenges that kind of face, you know, anyone going through Any kind of career or any kind of life, Um, particularly when you do add children to the mix or Mm -hmm. when you are in an industry that's not by its nature, unlike law or unlike some of the professions, very, very predictable and Mm -hmm. stable. Mm. Acting is an industry that is, you know, unpredictable. Mm. You you don't. I didn't realise quite how unpredictable it can be Mm. with not even knowing that each season within a show would be Mm. renewed until the very last minute. Mm. What are some of the challenges along the way that you've struggled with? Like self-doubt is a really big one. Mm -hmm. It's a big theme of this podcast that, It's by our nature, particularly as women, it's very a natural self-protection mechanism to just doubt our abilities in everything, to doubt Mm. that we'll all be good enough to get another job, to not even put ourselves forward because we think everyone will hate us, uh, doubt what we look like, what our Mm. body image is doing. You know, that's just a recurring, resounding theme. Yeah. I'd just like a drink now, if you Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Have we got an hour? (laughs) And then also entering motherhood, that adds a whole nother level of mum guilt and you have a career, you want to be a career woman and be a mum and a family woman. Mm-hmm. Burnout then from having all of those things oh, going. God. <laughs> yeah.
0: This go is on how we get the tears now. going. Oh, God. <laughs> now, look, you've got to believe in what you're doing. Um, but criticism is tough, you know, and um, I think, you know, to be an artist... To be an artist of integrity and you, you kind of have to be alive and you have to be a sensitive soul to actually do good work. Mm-hmm. So, of course, criticism is going to burn you. So that, that that's part of it. And everyone, it's not like people go around, you know, critiquing people's spreadsheets. But they are very happy to critique people's performance. Yes. You know, their acting or their singing or their, you know, public kind of or their painting, you know. And I love um, it how it's
1: always in areas that the, the criticise or has... No skill. No, absolutely.
0: But it's <laughs> absolutely no ability. <laughs> but having said that, there, look, there is merit in the fact that uh, a, an acting performance should, it is subjective, but mm. it should resonate with somebody and if it doesn't, it doesn't. Mm. And, you know, people are welcome to have their opinions about that. But, yeah, no, criticism's hard. And, look, I tell you what, the auditioning process is hard because every time you audition for something, you don't get it. It's personal because yeah. it's not your painting. I didn't do a good painting. They're looking at you. Yeah. They're choosing not not you today yeah Um, you specifically specifically (laughs) I don't like you enough yeah or you know I like this person more or you're not famous enough or whatever it is so um that that it's um I think the mental health they did some MEAA which is the um actors um union did a big um research project into mental health of artists and actors in particular and it's um, it's not for the faint-hearted, mm. because the things we were talking about in terms of job instability, rejection, um, it's not for the faint-hearted. It's it's really challenging, and you'd be, you know, a very you'd be a very rare person not to find it challenging at different points. But then you know, the upside is, if you love, it's not what we we're talking about before. If you love something, you just got to. It's not really a choice. If mm. you really love something, you just want to do it. And so for all the quiet times that you inevitably get, especially starting out, there's the thrill of creating something with like-minded people. The idea of understanding, the root of what I love about acting is understanding what makes us human. To me, that is the most thrilling part of what we do. And I love, I've had the opportunity to work on characters that are not palatable on the page and trying to, trying to look at someone else. who who is different to me trying to look at the world through their eyes Mm. and get an understanding and that gives you great insight it makes you a better human and if you can take the audience along for that ride too it's just magical so it's such a privilege Mm. to explore the human condition and to as 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 people to kind of you know sit in a darkened theater or watch television as a group or with your friends on twitter whatever it is and and watch stories and understand people better and i because i what a thrilling thing to do for a job so yeah Absolutely. look there's insecurity and there are downsides and you know but your focus the, keeps you going I, I don't want to do anything else yeah and it's not work it's a passion I yeah. love it That's it makes amazing. me happy so even though it's a tough mistress sometimes I don't <laughs> I, I don't want to do anything else
1: I also feel like anything worth having it doesn't come easy. Yeah. And if it does come easy, it's probably not worth having. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's a fight in everything and, mm. and that's part of it. That's part of building the resilience that you need to, mm. to weather the storm and then to mm. end
0: up, you know,
1: with more experience, with more um, appreciation
0: of where mm. you are because if it was too easy. You know, well, yeah, I must say, you know, if I, think, I think it would be really hard to get astonishing success as an 18-year-old. And I not think, ever appreciate the the struggle. I think so too. Because I think when the, when the applause dies down, I think that would be really I, I think that would be really hard. Mm. You know, you look a lot of child actors have a very tough lives. You mm. know, um, so yeah, I, I think it's it's not a bad thing to understand how fortunate you are. I never take working for granted ever. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What would you say to any aspiring young actors or actresses out there who are facing that part? Where it does seem like nothing's ever going to happen because there, I'm sure in everyone, and I've had a had Megan Gale on last week, and oh, it's similar yes. in the modeling industry yes. that if you don't fit a certain look or a certain role mm. in someone's subjective eyes, it's a no, and just until it's a yes, mm. and the moment that you quit is often the minute before you're about to hit a big break. So, what advice would you have for someone just to hang in there until the next one because you could have quit many times along the way mm. before knowing even that offspring was even a twinkle in someone's eye or that mm. underbelly was even an mm. idea in someone's head. Mm. But you do have to hang on. So what gets you through? What are some things that maybe people could do in the meantime? Oh, or... look, I, think,
0: I think it comes down to what makes you happy and I, I don't think you need to be stubborn to the point of, I've said I would be an actor, so I'm going to be an actor at all costs. Mm. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Not a good idea. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, as we said, over 90% unemployment. Don't do it. If you can be happy doing something else do something else but if it's what burns inside you if it's what you really want to fight for then you have to so do that Mm -hmm. but you don't I, I sort of I don't think you should do it unless you really really want to but if you really want to just do it and 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 the as I said the big um adjustment for me was making it about the work not the outside stuff because that's true that, that that will hold you in good stead because mm. the other stuff will come and go. I remember talking to a brilliant actor called Bob Hornery, who's like a theatre legend. And um, this is you know 15 years ago, I worked with him on a play, at MTC, and I said to him, Pop, have you have you been famous? Because he was like you know 80 or something. And he said, Oh, darling, several times. <laughs> 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 I thought that's such a great attitude because you can't control that stuff. Yeah. All you can control is, is what you're doing, the work. Make sure your work is good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be a lot – a lot, very, very helpful advice for a lot of people out there to just focus on the work and not the end result because you can get really bogged down.
0: It's well, we have, we're have we not here for a long time. Yeah. I, I appreciate this more as I get older and I, I lost my mum three years ago. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. And, um,
0: and that kind of – puts things in perspective and having mm. kids too. You think you realise that we're not – it feels like it's going to go forever, but it doesn't. We're here for a few decades. That's it. Mm. So – you can spend all your time and I was guilty of this especially in my 20s I will be happy when I will be yes. happy when when I'm this weight when I've got this job when I've got this recognition no make sure you're happy today because um, all we have at the moment is now yeah, 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 yeah totally
1: yeah. I always say if your head is always in the next minute, what happens to the one you're in? Exactly. And we are. We spend our our whole day, and particularly through digital, either in the future, in mm. someone else's future, mm. in someone else's yesterday, mm. and there's mm. not a lot of right
0: now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and which isn't to say you shouldn't plan. Totally. Yeah, planned, yeah, yeah, but But, but, <laughs> but, but with just, appreciation. Yeah, for but make sure you're doing something you love. Yeah. Yeah. So that brings
1: us to the last segment, which mm. is the things that you love, the things like. that make your heart sing. It's mm-hmm. called Play TA. And I think this came about for me because I've realised that this productivity hamster wheel that we're all on mm. and this goal-kicking you know, uh, girl boss, whatever kind of society, which is absolutely amazing. We're a society of productivity and speed and pace and that's amazing because it allows incredible things to happen, Mm. it allows shows to get produced, Mm. it allows people to change careers and Mm. it's a very, very exciting time to be alive. But I think as we get very much down the success pathway, we lose a lot of, we lose sight of the joy pathway Mm -hmm. and and don't, and I think people get very, very far down pathways and realise they're not happy at all. They've got everything that they should Mm. have you know, that should have been everything they wanted and are not actually happy or fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And people aren't making time for joy. They're not making time for what makes them feel alive. Uh, it's incredible. My first question was, do you get happiness from your job and would you be doing this if you had no money or time constraints? I imagine you would be doing exactly what you're doing. I'm afraid so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is the best answer that you could possibly have. But unfortunately, I think a lot of people aren't in that position. Mm. And also um, life
0: gets hard, you know, when you, yeah. when you have family and responsibilities, sometimes you, you have to do things you don't want to do too. So Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm with the recognition of that too. Yeah.
1: Which is the other reason why uh, this play TA concept is that you don't necessarily have to find joy in your work because because work is called work for a reason, for since the age of time, it hasn't mm. always been about instant gratuity, mm. but joy is meant to be somewhere. Yes. So even if it's outside of your job, yes. do you have hobbies or do you have a pursuit that does make you feel like you're living and not just existing? Mm. So for you in between your roles and your role as a mother, so Cat as a mom, Cat as an actress, Cat as a stage actress, a TV actress. What do you do that's just for you as a person and that's your joy? Do you do anything that's just a hobby, like for fun, or are you completely fulfilled by
0: work so that you don't need that? I am quite time poor. Yes, I imagine there is no time left over. At the moment, you know, look, look, last year I had um, some time off, which was lovely, but I am quite time poor at the moment. Um, So um, my joy is um i've got a three-year-old and a seven-year-old so like it's gold Mm. like it's a golden time especially i think three is a really special age um so that's just magic um and i I gotta say i don't have a lot of time for much else and i don't try and get to the gym a couple of times a week uh (laughs) look on your face right now i don't Um. have any time to do anything (laughs) but work and be a mum but look that's common and i know it won't be as intense as this in even five years yeah Um, but it's just what it is now yeah um but i'm not complaining because i'm 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 fortunate in the work that i do satisfies the, the joy component and also i have you know my kids are Deli- mad but delightful you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> I also think that having young children is probably from a mindfulness perspective and snapping you into the moment so you can't ever get too far ahead and carried away in anxious you know thoughts about five years time is that children's needs are so immediate that so you have immediate. to be in the now <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so you can't get too far down you and know the so- wrong
0: path and sometimes you know my three-year-old just say play with me mummy and mm. I'm like i got a million i don't i don't really want to but you think hang on what if she stops asking and so yeah. you sit down and you play for 10 minutes and you park everything and it's so great like yeah. you i never regret it ever
1: well that's exactly the point of play ta's even if it is child's play mm. it, it is keeping the inner child alive and yeah. Mothers are in a great position, I mean, obviously a very time poor and probably quite sleep deprived position, yes. <laughs> but a great position nonetheless, where the inner child is an outer child mm. and they're kind of forcing you to, mm. to appreciate the world like they do. Yeah. And what I try and encourage people who don't have children or or whose children are grown up or for whatever reason to keep that inner child alive some other way. If if they don't have an excuse to, you know, play on a slide Mm. or whatever, it would be creepy if we all just went to slides in our (laughs) 30s and 40s. But if there's some other activity that you can do that does give you that same feeling, Mm. like I can only imagine the joy of you watching your kids play. And watching you play with them and the wonder in their
0: eyes just at leaves or trees or animals Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, Mm -hmm.
1: just keeping you in the moment. Yeah, they do, they do. (laughs) And,
0: you know, they also challenge you in other ways too. But, um, But no, no. So they're that and worker that's it really at the moment yeah, yeah. and
1: that's temporary as well different yeah. phases of your life you yeah. need different things yeah. and yeah. I, again with even just with the goal-kicking thing I always say there are times when you need to get out of your comfort zone mm. there are times when you need it when yeah. you've earned it you you've earned the right to just, the coast. And just
0: kind of replenish yeah. yeah
1: and not worry about what else should I be doing which is also a very hard thing to yeah that's for people just slow down yeah. what about uh, you and David Yes. So you guys He's met. My husband. Yes, the hu- <laughs> husband. You met at
0: the Red Stitch Actors. Well, is that I right? I met him. I'd kind of met him. Around the Traps in Melbourne, sort of theatre. I was aware of him, but, yeah, we got to know each other at Red Stitch. He Aww. auditioned me, actually. No way! He directed me in my first play there. Oh,
1: how lovely! Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so
1: at uh, mentioning that you're time for I'm sure this doesn't happen as often as you would like, but what do you guys do for date night? And how do you make time for you guys?
0: Um, we're not very good at it at the moment, but <laughs> the plan was for ages it was like once a week we have a date night, and yep. that has not happened in some time. Yes. But But... Um, <laughs> That's a good aim. Good uh, to, to set, set goals. To have goals. Um, <laughs> uh, we like nothing more than going out to dinner and having a couple of drinks and just talking. But we do, one, one ritual we do have is we have coffee in the morning together. Oh, that's so funny. every morning, bless him, he gets the coffee. <laughs> good deal. <laughs> yep. God, God love him. And we, before the kids wake up, and we might have, you know, between 10, depending on when they surface, mm. 10 to 20 minutes and we'll just talk. And I never get sick of talking. Yeah, I'm very lucky um, that we're still interested in what in talking to each other.
1: (laughs) And you know what? I think that's the other thing. Even just
0: ten minutes a day, it doesn't sound a lot, but it it changes the day. And if I have an early start, if I'm shooting and I'm you know I've left the house before he wakes up or whatever, it's it's I don't like missing that. Yeah, I think it's 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 part of your important part of our routine. Yeah, just connecting once a day.
1: And that's the other thing. I think people miss out on those routines a lot in their relationships but also for themselves because they have this idea that it has to be an hour of self-care or two hours a day mm. or whatever it is. But it's like, you know what, if you just did five minutes more consistently, you'd probably yeah. be
0: better off than doing four hours in a
1: row once mm. a week mm. or, or whatever it is. And the
0: night times are unpredictable for us because I, I tend to put our little girl down and he does stories with our son and then so that... We're less likely to kind of be able to spend time overlap. together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but the mornings are ours, yeah. Yeah, oh, beautiful.
1: So second last question to finish mm. up, yes. what are three interesting things about you that don't normally come up in interviews? <laughs> uh-huh.
0: oh, gee. This is where are the really interesting, interesting stuff nothing. comes out. <laughs> okay. People never I'm think gonna... they're interesting. Well, but... Okay, I'm just going to give you random facts. Yeah, that's exactly what we want. Okay, they're probably not very interesting. It's <laughs> only because I was talking about this the other day. Um, I was obsessed with Olivia Newton-John when I was little. (gasps) Obsessed. And I was going to have three children, Olivia, Newton and John. (laughs) That's amazing. True story. Have you told her? No, I would love to. I did meet her once and I was... Pathetic. I was such a fangirl, I kind of just started slurring pretty much, I think. And I just said, I really love you. And what she meant you know? Yeah, what did she meant to, you know, P- I, yeah, she meant to say, say to that? To thank you. Again, I love you too. And I said, I don't think you understand. she said thank you. And I said, I don't think you understand. I've got you on record, cassette, C D and on iTunes. I've, I've always loved you. And she's like, please make it stop. And was, she, she said it with her eyes. <laughs> she <away>. was lovely. <laughs> she said um, it with her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> she was lovely, but I was weird. I was just weird. Um what else? Um why am I telling you this? Uh, because it's the most okay. interesting part. All right. When I get a really big fright, yeah. I drop to the ground.
1: <gasps> no <laughs> way!
0: Like to the floor. Yep.
1: Wow, I wonder I where just, that came from. Can't control it.
0: It's like I drop. <laughs> my brother used to do it to me on purpose. He used to give him endless amusement. Oh my gosh. Yep hours of fun for him please don't do that to me if anyone meets me That's i know what i was I mean. about to say how, can we, to Laura, how um, can we Laura? how can we it really it takes a, it takes a lot out of me i'm like it takes me a while to recover if i get a really big fright
1: yeah well because like, you've dropped to the ground you probably injured yourself
0: <laughs> well you know that now it's in the bank um, i'm gonna come up with a third one um third one okay this is going back way back again this is really bad um, I think I remember it's great. I used to holiday, we used to holiday with our cousins and all the girl cousins. We, we used to, um, my cousins, there were seven of them in this family, big family, and they were all, the four oldest girls were all at least 10 years older than me. And they all had crushes. I was like five. <laughs> and they all had crushes on, you know, all these bathtubs all and yeah. posters in their rooms and stuff. And I decided as a five year old that I should have a crush. <gasps> Guess who I chose?
1: Olivia Newton John. No. I'm not. <laughs>
0: No, no, it was Olivia came later. Oh, okay. Um, my first official crush, I decided, told everyone I loved this, this person and um, had their music and talked about them all the time, like Ooh. we were going to get married. Oh, my who, gosh. Who, who? Who? Give me a clue. Kenny Rogers. Oh my gosh, no! <laughs> <laughs> yes. How messed
1: up is that? So good. <laughs> See how great that question is? The stuff that comes out. Oh,
0: it's fun than things. <laughs> I'm so, I'm honoured. love Absolutely you to the honored. end when the guard's down and I'll pretty much tell you. I have literally told you everything. Yeah,
1: oh <laughs> the whole point of the whole interview is to warm people up for that question. <laughs> and the very last question, since I
0: love quotes so much, is what's your favourite quote? There's, um, I really like Michael Caine. Oh. Um, and I've read uh, he's done a, several biographies, autobiographies, but um, he tells the story of uh, being in the army in Korea and he had to do this patrol with another guy and they were surrounded and they, were, they thought, okay, we're going to die. And um, they said to each other, let's die expensive. <laughs> so they just decided to just give it a go and they or whatever they did they somehow got out of the situation by firing shots or scaring them off or something and they made it alive and I love that idea die expensive so even if you think you're going to fail yeah go out kicking
1: that's such a good one Wow, die expensive. Wow. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I cannot wait to watch the show tonight. So, so excited for you and can't wait to see how it goes. Oh, Sarah, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. No, I know. Thanks for having me. That was fun. Yeah. I told you everything. (laughs) I know. I'm like, we're intimate now. (laughs) So I'll share links in the show notes to everyone for how you can tune in to Kat's episode when Liz comes out for her narration. And yeah, we'll be following along keenly. Thank you. Thank you. It was so, so interesting to meet someone who I feel I know so well, but through so many different roles, none of which are actually who she is at all. (laughs) What an incredibly talented human, and I cannot wait for tonight's episode of Five Bedrooms, so make sure you tune in at 8.40pm on Channel 10. As always, we'd love you to share your thoughts or insights from the episode, this podcast episode, or from the episode of the TV show. So take a screenshot now and make sure to tag at cat underscore Stewie, S-T-E-W, why and myself and thank you always for tuning in and make sure you subscribe too of course if you haven't already clicked that button as a quick aside it's been a huge week or so at cza lol as if we have an actual hq we don't and we is just me but um, i just want to pop a huge thank you in here to everyone for your amazing messages about this month's issue of women's health magazine Each year, the team puts together a Fitfluential list of 25 women in the industry, and I am so flipping stoked to have made the list this year and had the amazing opportunity to participate in the shoot for the feature. It's an absolute dream, so thank you so much to the amazing Jack Mooney and her team at Women's Health. The issue, like every issue, not only features some seriously inspiring women that I admire so much, but is packed, as always, with everything you need to know to stay fit, healthy, and happy I'm just still pinching myself to be part of it it's on shelves now with the amazing Steph Claire Smith on the cover for the second time so grab yours throughout the month hope you're having an amazing week and a seizing your yay